Welcome to The Porchcast, the podcast where we talk about building creative businesses. I'm your host, Kristen Sweeting, and I'm so excited to get started today. Or not tell. Or not tell. <laughs> Rebecca and I are thinking through all of our funny stories together, and most of them are kind of traumatic. <laughs> <We're sad>. Exactly. <laughs> like, we've like, been to war together. Yes. We tell our war stories. We have. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you came into my life at a weird, weird juncture. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> I was like working at this, working at a church and your son Walker walked in and I just remember being like, it's Harry Potter. He's the cutest <laughs> little Harry Potter kid I've ever seen. He's just the sweetest. And now yes. he's maybe twice my height. And He is. He is a man. He's not even <laughs> no. a boy. He's a man. <laughs> That's just crazy to me. But we did do a beach trip one time. Yes. Where... At my family's beach house. Where we got hit on by a guy from L.A. <laughs> we, I say that with air quotes because I think he very quickly clarified it wasn't actually L.A. It was lower Alabama. Lower Alabama. <laughs> we were like, hmm. Like, yeah. Not that we were interested number. before that, but <laughs> hang out. that definitely took it down a couple of notches. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was so weird. Yeah, and night. we were going to listen to my brother-in-law's band, The Kicks, mm-hmm. at the famed beach club Spinnaker, which sounds like something they're that known should be in a movie. <laughs> it, it it should be. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> they're known for their wet t-shirt contests. <laughs> I was gonna try and make Why you didn't we do that. <laughs> I was gonna be like, this could help pay for a trip. Just do it. <laughs> That's how I pay for most of my vacations. Didn't you know that, Rebecca? That's right. That's right. I don't know what would happen well, if I, I did that. Well, I loved the Amy Schumer movie when she did that, the, like, I feel pretty movie, and she just gets up. She's like, I want t-shirt contest. Okay. And gets up and does it. I'm like, I want to be like her. Sorry, totally. Mom. Totally. Yeah. I don't know that I would get all the money. <laughs> <laughs> In my dreams. In my dreams, I get all the money. (laughs) Well, today I have my friend Rebecca here. (laughs) Um, Rebecca is a licensed family and marriage counselor, also a very talented musician, and we've been friends for about 10 years now, Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy. Crazy, yes. Um, And we have kind of a roller coaster of lives (laughs) that have somehow intersected (laughs) at different times. Uh Um, We're going to write a book someday. Yes. Um, but today we're talking about burnout and creative life mm-hmm. and um, divorce and all yeah. of the things. We have lots of things we can talk about today that people don't like to talk about. I, I just want the audience to know that mentally I have a cigarette and a brandy in my hand when I'm talking about this. I feel like I feel like I'm a weathered woman from all the things that I've been through. Just mentally, but yeah, I have, I've been through a been lot, through so have you. Things. We've been through some things yeah. together. Yes. Well, do you want to start and tell us a little bit about 
you and your last 10 years <laughs> and like a, a paragraph version of 10 years. Yes. Um, I can also ask questions to help. Yeah. Through that. But so, yes. Yeah, so, um, grew up in Alabama, um, and moved to Nashville, um, 23 years ago. If you can believe that I was 19 and, um, moved here to do music and I was dating a musician at the time, and um, we ended up marrying, and uh, I had two boys, um, and yeah, somewhere along the way, I, I mean, I made records, and I sang on people's records. And yeah, Rebecca's a very talented singer. <sighs> Thanks. She's always I... been one of my favorite Nashville voices. I wish that. I heard it more. I know. I I wish I sang more. It's it's a lot to juggle. But, yeah, so I sang on people's records and did a little bit live here and there, um, all while being young and in my 20s and raising two wild and crazy boys. And we got an autism diagnosis for my youngest son, which was an adventure in and of itself and then um, found myself on the other side of a marriage. I went through a divorce in 2007 and um, yeah, and just all the topsy-turvy ways that that, you know, affects your life. And then, as I know um, now too. Yes, <laughs> yes, and I feel like, yeah, unless you've been through it, you really, it's just, it's, it's just hard to relate to. It's not, not that you want to go through it, but it's just something that you can't really describe to people unless you've been through it. Definitely. And then, um, three years later, um, my ex-husband ended up committing suicide in 2010 and for the Nashville people um, this was the Friday before the Saturday that the flood the famed Nashville 2010 flood began it was a huge hundred year flood yes and all of these people's houses in your neighborhood were flooded yes and people were so like that affected the meal sign up because well people are like digging out of their houses and these sweet friends of mine had started this meal you know like a meal train or whatever and people couldn't bring us meals because i mean people did but because they were stuck in their house or stuck at a friend's house right it was the craziest thing and we we actually went back to Alabama to have um his funeral and woke up Monday morning like it was raining when we left Nashville but woke up Monday morning turned on the news and it was like Nashville is underwater it was just like it was the craziest the week. most surreal thing ever very surreal week so since then, I have gone back to school. I, I didn't have my undergrad, um, so I had to finish my undergrad, then get my master's, and then get my license, mm-hmm. which I really don't... I really counted my license more than my graduation because 
you have to do so many hours. You have to get a thousand face to face hours That's to a be lot. A, a licensed therapist. Yes. Okay. So, not that I wasn't able to make money during that time, but it just was like kind of another hurdle that I had to go through. So from the time I started my undergrad all the way to getting my license, it was nine years. That's insane. And that's about People like, go, oh, are you a doctor? And I'm like, like Something I should like be. That. Yeah. <laughs> I've given my whole life to this thing. Mm. I birthed a baby, mm-hmm. nine-year-old nine baby. Totally. Yeah, so here I am today with you. I know. Well, and at some point... Um, around, I guess, 2009 is when we met. And so I've been able to watch this journey from musician and single mom and then recovering from all this grief and trauma and then moving into getting your um, counseling degree and license. And it's just been this amazing transformation to watch from my perspective just to see how... um, how you have been so resilient through so many mm. hard things and been just a great mom to your sons in the middle of it all and still tra- stayed true to yourself as a creative. And so I'm really excited to talk to you today um, because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs and creative entrepreneurs can come to this place where they are just feeling hopeless because maybe mm. something big in their life has happened or work is way harder than they expected or they're putting too much, um, you know, when you, when you love what you do, when it's your art, it's really hard to detach your identity from that art. And then something hard in life comes along Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's just like, I feel we've been friends through my own things through miscarriages and grief and, and you're trying to pick yourself up and also like make money doing something creative like totally. singing or like photography. And you're like, what the F am I doing? <laughs> How do I do this? Yes. None of this makes any sense anymore. With fists in the air. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I'm trying to pretend like I'm happy because I'm a wedding photographer. But like all this stuff is happening. Um, and so I'm just excited to talk about that because you have... A lot of personal experience with that too, but now are mm. helping so many people in your counseling practice. Mm, yeah, yeah. Burnout is a real thing, and I I think that it's important to talk about, especially even if you're not feeling burned out, you will at some point. Yeah. And so I think even just talking about it before it happens. Well, and just the, like, psychological implications of being an artist, Mm. too. Yes. Um, And, like, how have you seen that played out in your life or in people's lives around you that you love that are musicians? Like, how – I just feel like sometimes it can become this little thing in your brain that – almost like a little worm that gets in there. And I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, how have you seen being an artist kind of – yeah. I mean, I think as creatives, we are typically complex people and, um, you know, the more creative, the more complex typically, (laughs) um, a lot of times great talent comes, you know, a lot of turmoil stay one of the most talented people I've ever met. Yeah. Still. Yeah. He was producer, uh, songwriter. Yes. 
producer, songwriter. His name was Will Owsley. Um, He went by the name Owsley, and um, his first record was nominated for a Grammy. And, um, you know, I mean, still to this day, people come up to me and say, that is still, like, one of my Desert Island discs. Like, you know, great, great guitar player. I mean, like, John Mayer, great like super, um, technical. Yeah. So, um, so, so talented. And yet I think really, really struggled with this idea that he was his art. Like he Mm -hmm. had nothing else to offer the world, which if you knew him was so ironic because he, he was such a light and like this larger than life, human but I think internally the struggle of no I am I am my guitar playing I am my songwriting and I really think that I mean obviously there were other things going on and and you know certain emotional and mental things happening but I definitely think that um led to his downfall in a lot of ways and you know, let it be a cautionary tale to those out there who are just killing themselves, um, you know, even through burnout to say like, man, take a step back, you know, go to therapy, <laughs> yeah, get, do the work, you know, and realize who you are apart from your art. I think is just really, really How does important. one do that if they haven't done that before? Yeah, so um, I think about, I do, I do a lot of work in my office um, with this uh, type of therapy called IFS, which stands for Internal Family Systems. And this is not a therapy podcast, so I won't bore you with all the technical <laughs> aspects it. of it. I love it. therapy. Rebecca is not my therapist, <laughs> but I do have one, and I highly recommend it. <laughs> Sometimes she probably feels like she's my therapist. Oh no! I mean, it's <laughs> it's so it's so worth it. Like I think everybody needs a good therapist. Yeah. I I have a therapist. I mean, everybody needs one. But yeah, so IFS is. Um, Yeah, this great um, method of therapy, and it's based on the idea that we are all um, a core self, kind of capital C, capital S, and um, core self has eight C's. Okay. And that's core, C-O-R-E, like our core. Yeah. So the eight C's of core self are compassion, clarity, calm, curiosity, creativity, connectedness, courage, and confidence. And the idea behind it is that we all have a hundred voices that go around in our heads all day long and they bounce around and kind of run the show most of the time. And unless the voice is based in one of those eight C words, um, it's, it's not you. It's really like this really typically wounded part that's kind of formed over time 
but we don't know that because a lot of times it sounds like us yeah. in our heads. Yeah, I feel like the voice I hear in my head a lot of times is negative or like, when's the next meal coming? Yes. Or like kind of distracted like the squirrel, you know, like just totally. all over the place. Yeah, or there's, you know, there's the inner critic, um, you know, that's constantly like you're you're trying to be creative and it's just sitting on your shoulder going, well, uh-uh, that sucks. Mm-mm. Like Next the angel thing. and the devil in the yeah. cartoons. Yeah. Like, you're wonderful. You suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't quit your day job. You know. Don't quit your day job. Yeah. So I think it's important, you know, even talking about burnout to realize like, oh, okay, like I am a core self. And really I like to think about it as this is the part of us that's connected to God. This is the part of us that's connected to the divine. Mm-hmm. And so you know, you think about the perfect parent, the perfect friend, the perfect lover, you know, that's what's going to come from this voice. And so realizing, um, I think, I mean, it's all of our journeys to do this work, but I think especially in the season of burnout to really realize, yeah, I'm, I am not, I'm not my art. I'm not my photography. I'm not my guitar playing. I'm not my songwriting. Um, I'm not even my, my singing voice. I am a self. And really getting into the flow. It's almost like getting into a radio frequency yeah. that's um, just super healthy. It's hard to do. It's mm-hmm. really hard. I mean, this is like lifelong work. But you start to recognize it when you see those things in yourself that are on that list. Yes. The calm and the creativity and the curiosity. Yes. And that kind of grounds you into your core self. And it's almost like it's not about like, oh, I'll never shame myself ever again because you will. Right. But it's less frequency and then less duration while you're there. So... um, and really, I mean, this is a practice. This is not like, oh, I'm going to wake up and be in my core self. <laughs> it's like, good luck. Um, it's just right. really being, yeah, patient. Well, with I think yourself. it really it helps me to hear that. Oh, those shame voices that sound like your voice, or that negative voice, or the critical voice, or the erratic voice. Because a lot of times I'm like, I need to do this, I need to do this, and this, and this, mm-hmm. and it's the opposite of calm. That those aren't my true self. Those are an extension of some wounding that I have. I feel like that even helps me just to think that way of, mm-hmm. of um, kind of be like, no, okay, wounded Kristen, let's like sit over there for a second and come back yes. over here and find kind of the grounding. Yes. Yeah, and I think, you know, really burnout is from this root idea that you are your art. And so when you give yourself permission, and really I would call that self-compassion, to say like, man, I'm I'm feeling uninspired or whatever it is, like, oh, this is normal. Or, oh, this is, you know, the results of the circumstances in my life right now. Like I am going through a divorce or... Um, I am having to work extra because my wife is home with a baby or vice versa or um, what, whatever is going on. There's been a death in the family. I mean, yeah, it, it's like taking all that into account and saying, of course, 
of course I'm going to feel this way. Right. And instantly it takes, it just takes the load off a little bit. And it won't last forever in times like that. Yes, that is of utmost importance. This is just a season. If you have to write it on a post-it and put it on your forehead every day. <laughs> this is just a season. This is just a season. This will pass. And okay, you but will what find happens again. if the season lasts like two, three years? Like that's not something you can just push through. <sighs> no, it's not. And I think that's where um, finding inspiration and maybe places that you weren't expecting, you know, um, I mean, that's been the case for me. Like I've been in kind of some hard spaces for a really long time. And so I've had to get creative. One of our C words, um, (laughs) in the ways that I, you know, um, love on myself, you know, and that, that might look like taking a little envelope and putting away some money for a trip or something where I can feel inspired. Um, Or it's just like, okay, I'm going to try something I've never tried before, you know, a class. Learn something new. Learn something new, yes. Constantly evolving yourself, reaching out to people, looking at people and going, I'm burned out. You know, not keeping it inside is huge. Yeah. Um, We are not meant to live in isolation. We're meant to live in community. And so being intentional about meeting up with other creatives and just going, help. This is hard. This is hard. Pass the bottle. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Our spiked seltzers that are sitting right here. (laughs) Well, and I've been pretty like open and honest about two or three years where I was really burned out and a lot of it was tied in with grief and trauma and the, a miscarriage and then a really traumatic pregnancy and then mm. the death of my father and trying to get through all those things while also being responsible for paying all the bills, mm-hmm. doing something creative was this very weird tension of stress and anxiety and your own self-worth and also dealing with grief and trauma and or trying to shelve the grief and trauma to yes. deal with like but I gotta pay bills and I gotta be happy and, and I'm doing weddings you know? wedding <laughs> photography I'm like oh my and gosh and a divorce on top of that <laughs> and um I'd be the one in the back that's like sipping brandy and you know smoking a cigarette <laughs> like this will never last <laughs> I give it two years. Oh <laughs> Don't hire me as your wedding photographer. <laughs> Somehow I've come through unjaded, maybe a little jaded, but um, but you know, in like still being somewhat of a romantic, I'm like oh, I'm in love again. I'm just always in love. Um, I need your mojo. <laughs> <laughs> um. If anyone has a really hot brother they want to set Rebecca up with. (laughs) (laughs) We're taking calls at the end of this podcast. That's right. Delilah. (laughs) On air with Delilah. (laughs) That would be kind of fun to like. Side note, there's a radio station down the street that was like, you should 
do a radio show. I'm like, what would I do a radio show about? You're like, what about a dating show? <laughs> oh, gosh. Like, you don't want me to run your dating show. <laughs> also, I would rather listen to a dating show run by like a 70-year-old man than kind of a stereotypical yes. 30s woman. I'm like, no, no. Yes. This is way too cliche. Totally. For me to be involved in this. <laughs> Anyways, picking back up. As you were saying. As I was saying. Trauma. Yeah. <laughs> we, we derailed so fast. Well, the other thing that we love talking about, and uh, Rebecca has done a lot of research into, is the Enneagram. And yes. I talk about the Enneagram all the time because when I realized I was a seven, which we've talked about this, because when I told Rebecca I was a seven a few years ago, she's like, I don't think so. <laughs> and well, tell me why you thought that, because... I well, was, this is the dark season of Kristen, I'm, yes. I think, is what was happening. Well, and I feel terrible because I just read a book, and I've, I know this, but I'm, I'm currently reading the Sacred Enneagram, and he's like, do not number people. That is their journey. Like, do not tell them, no, you can't possibly be that. And I'm like, oh, how many people have I done that to? <laughs> I do that all the time. Sorry, people I've done that to. Okay. Um yeah, well, I didn't think you were seven because you were just very small and mm-hmm. like small self, like not capitalized <laughs> self. Yeah, you were just a little really repressed. little repressed, very small, kind of, um, I don't, I mean, maybe shy a little bit, but I think like, yeah, just repressed. Maybe a little bit insecure too, which who isn't in their twenties? Maybe the hardest decade ever. Rebecca met baby Kristen. <laughs> I did meet baby Kristen. She looks like a baby, so <laughs> still, <laughs> still, <laughs> which Thank is good. You. <laughs> You'll <kidding>. take it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm thirty, ladies and gentlemen. Just kidding. Just a baby in my eyes. <laughs> But yeah, I didn't I didn't really see the seven, but then now sort of seeing you in this new chapter, it's really fun to see you like come alive and be your seven self, the enthusiast. Yeah, the enthusiast. Well, when it was big for me when I realized that's what I was because I had been operating like as a one, which is the perfectionist, yes. like very rule managed. Um, I had been operating as a one kind of out of survival. And so when I realized I was a seven, I was like, oh, I need to have more fun in my life. And maybe this is one of the reasons why I'm really struggling. Yes. And so this year, I don't know if I told you this, my my one rule is that I'm only going to do things that are fun. And so Love if it. something doesn't sound fun, I'm either not doing it. That's mm-hmm. really the number one rule of this mm-hmm. rule. Um, or I'm paying someone else to do it for me. Love it. Or just, you know, letting it pass me by. Yeah. Not the right time. And so anything that I am investing my time into, it's because I'm curious about it, or I think it's fun, or I think it sounds fun. I'm like, let's try a new thing. Yes. And it has just been like, I don't know, I used to kind of force myself into, well, I need to get these tasks done mm-hmm. because that's what an adult does. They do their laundry, and they clean their house, and they you know, whatever something monotonous to you is. And then I realized part of my own burnout recovery 
is not making myself do things that are monotonous. Yes. And I will have someone else do that, gladly do it for me, and I'm going to do something else that's more fun and that makes me more money. Yes. And that has worked out really well for me. <laughs> yeah, and I would say that's compassion, too. You had clarity, which mm-hmm. is one of our C's, and then you had compassion on yourself and was like, I'm, I don't have to do it this way. Yeah. Love that. So. Walk um, in the walk. What are you in, on the Enneagram? I am a nine on the Enneagram. I am not your typical nine. I actually have a lot of seven in me, but Mm -hmm. I'm not a seven. But um, I am a social nine. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm pretty extroverted. And, um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely am a peacemaker. That's my jam. So if people don't know what the Enneagram is, what yes. is it and how can they figure out what they are? Yes. The Enneagram, um, if you haven't heard of it, you might want to crawl out from under the rock <laughs> that you're living. Sorry. <laughs> I just feel like it's everywhere now. But um, and maybe that's just Nashville. But um, mm. the Enneagram is a personality test, but it's really more than that. It's about nine types or archetypes and really it is the way that we are sort of lose ourselves and then the ways that we come back to ourselves so it's I love I love the Enneagram because rather than some of the others out there which are fine like MBTI or Strengths Finder or whatever it's not static you really have this place of growth like it shows you where you can go and like that to me is so hopeful instead of just like well you're this and you're right. stuck you're forever <laughs> it's can like, you do that voice again <laughs> I can't even. that's my dumb person voice <laughs> so did I mention I was a veggie tail you didn't I was going to mention it <laughs> Rebecca literally was a Veggie Tale. I was on the hit that is kids on my TV rap sheet. series Veggie Tales. You were the carrot. I was um, the blueberry. I think I was like a gourd or something. <laughs> it's weird because my name was Vanna Banana, but I wasn't a banana, and banana is okay. not a vegetable. So yeah, you were Vanna but Banana I, the gourd. I was. I was. I apologize for not having watched the veggie tale <laughs> that you're right. actually the veggie tale in. I'll have to go look it up. It Vanna actually Banana. went straight to DVD, so you know Shucks. that tells you how old it is. <laughs> I think it was like 2011 or 12, so not terribly old. But what but a cool thing to have on your resume! Like I was in this kids' cartoon. It's kind of a big deal. It's yeah. called Veggie Tales. Yeah, it was I still super know fun. All the songs. Yeah, from when it I was. was a kid. It was a fun, it was some of the most fun I've ever had in the studio was doing that. I also tried out for the part of a movie called Tangled. And so I got to um, sing all of these songs from that movie. And I had, that was the first time I ever knew that I could do voiceovers. Because they were like, we need you to sound like, I don't know, like a Disney princess voice. And I was like, "Um, what? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. Um, can you do that? And well, I was can like, you do it? I want to hear it. Um, well, it was like, 
Oh no, I'm late. I need to get going. <laughs> it was like this Where's real. Where's my hairbrush? And it was like little town. You know, it was very like <laughs> like going. a seven. Like I picture Kristen waking up in the morning. That's what I picture. Her. Ah, there's birds tripping. <laughs> yes, birds are crawling in the house. Crawling. <laughs> <laughs> Squirrels are everywhere. I would run out of a house if there were birds <laughs> crawling in my house. Yeah, I guess that's not really a good image. <laughs> it was super fun, though. It was like some of the best time in the studio. And then they hired Mandy Moore. Damn it. So I'm like, you. <laughs> of course, hating Mandy Moore is like hating kittens. Yeah, so you can't hate Mandy Moore. I can't get too mad at her about that. I'm really disappointed that I didn't get this part, but it makes it a little bit better yeah. that it was Mandy Moore that got it and not me. <laughs> well, it did sort of make it, I don't know if this sounds weird, but it, it was kind of like, okay, well, I can't really compete with a huge star. You know, they weren't like... Well, you know, Sandy Sanderson from Milwaukee got it and not you. (laughs) Damn it, Sandy. I'm like, it's because she's from Milwaukee and I'm from Alabama. So it made it a little bit more palatable, but. Yeah. um, That's really funny. That was a funny season of my life. So what does music, what role does music play in your life these days? Well, I wish it played more of a role. I, um, every once in a while, I'll have a, a friend say, hey, I need you to come in the studio. Um, my good friend Trent Dabbs had me sing on a record of his a couple of years ago, and it was so much fun. And then he got me to do some of the local live shows with him. And he is um, the guy that wrote a ton of the songs that are on the show Nashville that just quit um, or just ended. I know. And what a bummer. And Trent's very talented, too. That's awesome. Yes. He is crazy talented. And so, yeah. So I mostly just, I, I ingest a lot of music in my life. So right now it's just listening to other people's and I try to see a show at least every couple of weeks. I try to go out and see a live show and support local music and all that. But, yeah. Um, And do you end up seeing a lot of musician, artist, clients in your practice? I do. You work with a lot of creative people? Yes. I work with a lot of creatives, which is honestly just as rewarding I mean because I I feel like I understand their journey and yeah I understand what road life looks like and I understand what beating yourself up in the vocal booth feels like and just it's a very unique set of issues and I really enjoy working with those people and things you probably run into a lot in Nashville Mm mm-hmm yeah, and even like industry types too. I, I feel like there's a um, certain breed, you know, that is just sort of different. Um, and I love it. I mean, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, well, and what are some things, you know, have our little group counseling session right now? Uh-huh. But what are some things, say, there's someone 
struggling with feeling like they're burned out. They don't love photography anymore. They don't love music anymore. They're struggling to make ends meet. or married, Maybe their marriage is struggling now because they've been on the road or they just are working all the time. Like, what are some things that we can, like, apply right away mm-hmm. to kind of fight some of those really persistent head battles that yeah. keep going on? Yes. Well, I would say, first and foremost, um, status quo. Like, when you are in chaos... That is not the time to say, let's embark on a huge project. (laughs) (laughs) Or I feel like what I see people do, and I've totally been this person, which is why I'm going to call it out, is I'm unhappy, I'm struggling, let's go sell everything and go like on a grand adventure around the world, or (laughs) let's move, or let's Uh do something really dramatic to make us happy. Yeah, because when you get back, everything's still here, and then you've got this even more of a slump. And so I tell my clients often, you know, when if if let's say that the ground is zero, so the ground that we're standing on is is zero. When you are in chaos, you are underneath the ground or the water line. Let's take you know like a pool, you know, you are underwater and you're drowning. Now's not the time to try to figure out, you know, the, you know, biggest project that you can embark on. It's like, you know what, if you have kids and they eat mac and cheese for five nights a week, it's okay. If you um, need to let some things go, you know, hire somebody to mow the grass, do it. If you need to take some time off and um, regroup, like it's okay, like status quo. I think a lot of times when we're underwater, we expect ourselves to operate on the same level that we always do, the same level of energy, yeah, the yeah. same level of productivity, and it's just not going to happen. And so now we've got, not only are we underwater, but we're shaming ourselves on top of yes. it for being underwater. Like, what's wrong with you that you got underwater? Well, you know, that's right. like throwing a concrete block to somebody drowning. It's like... Totally. And I see that all the time with my new mom friends mm, who, like, they yes. have a tiny little baby. I did this to myself, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um a tiny little baby, everything changes when you have a tiny little baby. Yes. And then you're upset with yourself that you're not bringing in the same amount of clients or level of work or whatever. And so then you're like double punishing yourself Mm -hmm. because now you're not enjoying this new season and you're like, why am I not, you know, booking at the same level I was before? Right. And I would say comparison, man, I mean, comparison will kill you. I mean, it's like we are all so addicted to Instagram and it's like no one's telling the truth, you know? It's like no, if they are showing you their clean house, that's because everything is shoved in a closet in the next room. maybe it's clean today, but tomorrow it's not going to be clean. That's right. (laughs) You're only seeing one little part of it. You are seeing literally one freeze frame of someone's life and then basically comparing your whole life to someone's one freeze frame. And so 
you know, sometimes it's good to get off social media for a season. You know, you don't have to rip the cords out for forever, but just realizing, okay, maybe this is not the time for me to just sit for hours and hours and scroll through and like maybe it's time to kind of hibernate, not in like an unhealthy way, but like a, um, a really giving to yourself way. And like kindness to me looks like me not comparing myself all the time. So I'm just going to take a break from this thing that's not bringing me joy. Also, one of my favorite people in the world, my supervisor that I had all throughout school, she was like, you know, I took everybody off that was not completely bringing me joy. Like, unfollow. (laughs) I mean, there's no reason to have that in your life if it's not completely bringing you, you life no and obligation joy. to someone on the internet. That's right. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> click, click, delete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And that's especially if you're in a time of being underwater, which like an underwater time could be feeling burned out, mm-hmm. being especially anxious. Yep. Going through something hard relationally or physically or spiritually. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. lots of different ways being underwater can look. Yes. And um, I think it's important, maybe, you know, maybe you're in a season of abundance and you're not there yet. It's like, listen to the people who have been burned out to say it's coming. And that's not being pessimistic. It's being wise to say, like, you will not just thrive every single day of your life. So how do I be really smart about building, you know, um, healthy boundaries around my craft, around my art? So I tell people all the time, um, one creative that comes to mind all the time for me, um, is Wayne Kirkpatrick. Mm, Yeah. He, um, this guy is like bad to the bone. He, so his kids are grown now and two of them are married. And, but throughout, while his kids were school age and all that, he never strayed from nine to six. I mean, he scheduled all of his sessions and he was still really, really successful. Right. <laughs> Newsflash. Yeah. Like it can happen. And you I remember. You don't have to answer emails at all times of the night to be successful. Right. And I think musicians really think they have to work at night. Like, oh, I just got to work till two and three in the morning. And, you know, and I think that's fine if you don't have other commitments, but when you're married and you have kids and like they need you, your family needs you. And so he had a studio that was separate from his home. He would go there. So he's not you know, doesn't have kids crawling all over him all day, every day. And then he would come home and he shut it down. And um, not only was he, is he a successful songwriter, producer? um, I mean, he basically found Little Big Town. um, and And before that, he was in the Christian music industry. And then he wrote a uh, 10 time Tony nominated Broadway play called Something Rotten. That's amazing. It's now touring the United States. So I guess like a tale of like what works, 
is you really can set boundaries around the time that you spend with your craft. And that might be physical boundaries like, okay, this room, I only go in here when I work. Mm-hmm. Or actual time boundaries. Time boundaries, for sure. Around it. And um, I think it's really <clears throat> easy to listen to what other people say it takes to be successful. And I know a lot of artists who are like, oh, well, I can't have a family and be successful. I can't mm-hmm. do that. Or it has to look this way. And instead of starting with what are my life priorities, what I want my life to look like, and then how can I think differently to grow my business and my craft around what's really important to me. And I tell people that all the time. I'm like, you don't have to take all these projects in order to be successful. There's lots of different ways to get to the same goal, but mm-hmm. also keeping in mind what you act, want your daily life to look like. That's right. Because otherwise you rob yourself of a lot of joy in between. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think being intentional about what you want your life to look like. And I mean, Kristen's done, what do you call them? Inspiration boards or Oh, vision boards. Vision boards. I really get nerdy about my vision boards. Yes. I also chunk my week a lot, or a chunk is not a great word. I do like a block schedule. So oh, yeah. I'll like take off a day in the middle of the week, and that's time that I don't work or try to answer all emails at certain times of the day and mm-hmm. just try to do things. And, you know, I think I learned that when I had a kid of all of a sudden – three hours I could be very productive in where before I wasn't, but now I like had to be because those were the three hours I had. And so learning to, um, not trying to, uh, not trying to do two things at once. Um, not trying to parent a toddler and answer an email that doesn't Mm, work. mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) I had this very idealized version of, um, parenting in my head. It was like, this little girl baby that like slept in her bassinet and like smiled at me and was so sweet and just cherub like. Uh huh. And I love my son so much, but he is the exact opposite of that <laughs> and runs circles around me. And my, I just say that like really, I don't parent. My job is to keep him alive. Yeah. Like if I can keep him from running into the ocean. And drowning himself, which he actively tries to do. It's not like, oh, he accidentally ended up in the ocean. It's like, no, he seeks out the ocean to go uh-huh. under the water. Yes. Or seeks out the street to run into the street. So there is no, like, parenting while working. Like, this, is not, this does not exist at this season of our life. So yes. it's like, this is my... <laughs> This you, is are you time. your boys like that? Is that just my child? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. That sounds crazy. Um, but what are some kind of to, parting thoughts of me? Or when do I guess, when is the, um, when would someone reach out for help? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a trick question for a therapist because we're going to say all the, all the times are good times. I mean, I think being smart about, you know, it's just like when you're in abundance, you save up for the times that you're really struggling and you don't know when that's going to be. And so um, seeing a therapist during abundance to kind of go, okay, things are working, but, 
you know, I just want to fine tune them. But I think when you start um, noticing patterns of anxiety, depression, sleep patterns are changing, um, you know, I don't find the enjoyment that I used to have when I'm doing my art. Those are great times to seek help. I think as humans, we are wired to believe that we're superhuman and that we don't need help. And so being cognizant of your own life rhythm to say, okay, I think it's time for me to go talk to somebody about this. And it doesn't have to be a therapist, but I think um, having somebody in your life that can really encourage you and even mentor you is super important in really anything you do. Yeah, because it can become really lonely really fast, even Mm. if you're in your dream job. Yes. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I like what you said. I mean, loneliness is super common in the creative side of things because you are your own unique footprint in the world. No one else does what you do and the world needs you and I think sometimes that can be kind of daunting but it can also um, be encouraging at the same time because you think okay like there's purpose in what I'm doing Um, I feel like I need to print that out and put it on my mirror mm. Rebecca says (laughs) I'm unique (laughs) It's really easy to feel not unique when there's a lot of people doing the thing that you're doing or doing something similar. Yeah, I mean, you have to remember nobody else has your unique perspective, your lens, your story is all very different. And you are bringing, without you knowing it, you are bringing all of that into whatever sphere of life you're in, especially your creativity. So very important to remember that. Yeah. Um, are there any things that you recommend from getting, you talked about like a time of abundance and a time of being underwater. Like, are there steps that you can take to get to the place of abundance or is that more just like a gradual process of healing or, um, any practices you use yourself personally? Um, well, I'm abundant all the time. I'm just abundant. Um, <laughs> I mean, but I kind of believe that because <laughs> Rebecca um, just glows. We should do a video or a picture because Rebecca just glows all uh, the time. Gosh, well, you're sweet. Um, I'll pay you later. <laughs> um, no, I think I think going back to having a couple of little practical things that you do around keeping yourself from burnout. And that would be, I would say, having the boundaries like we talked about around your time, around your space. Um, I think also listening to your body. So um, I think a lot of us are kind of cut off from the neck down and we're all in our head and and our culture just kind of promotes that and, and people are like, well, don't dip down in your heart. Like we don't pay attention to our gut or nope. that our body's telling us to sleep. Yes. 
Yeah, it's like we just push through, and especially as Westerners and Americans. And so I think listening to your body, you know, what what is my body saying? Okay, man, my low back really, really hurts. Okay, what I, I will often say in my office, okay, what is the core emotion that goes with that pain? And they're like, huh? <laughs> and I'll say, yeah, like just stop and think about that. What is... What is the, the emotion that goes with that? And oftentimes, the body will answer you. I mean, it's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I've been noticing that a lot this year because um, I started doing a lot more yoga mm-hmm. and a ton more self-care and a lot of paying attention to my body. And I made certain choices, put up some boundaries, and like instantly lost 20 pounds. It was like my body was like, thank you for letting go of that stress. And just, yes. boom, it just disappeared. And... I'll start feeling like stress in my neck Mm -hmm. and I'll start paying attention to maybe where that's coming from. And I can physically and emotionally let go of anxiety by like sending my attention there. Yes. It's super weird. It it is crazy. We are mind, body, spirit. We're all, I mean, we are just all connected. Um, There's tons and tons of brain research out there about this and you know, along with the emotion, you can say to yourself, okay, what is the storyline that goes with that? Maybe, or what is the message? Maybe if it's like, okay, my neck is getting tight and the message is I have to keep it all together. And we know that's just not true. Like things are going to fall apart. You're going to be spinning seven plates and the plate is going to fall and that's okay. Again, it's just a season, and you're going to pick up that plate, and then another one's going to drop. And so that's where that self-compassion comes in of like, of course. I mean, if you only said the words, of course, of course I feel this way because all these plates that I have going on, instead of like, God, get it together, what's wrong with me? You know, the the script that we have. And, um, yeah, so boundaries, listening to your body, I think realizing your unique footprint in the world as an artist, um, you know, realizing that what you have to give the world is you and uniquely you and we need you. Um, and then kind of the last thing that comes to mind is just changing up your, your inspiration routine, like, if you live in the mountains, why don't you try going to a metropolitan place? If you live in a big city, leave. Go out to the mountains. I went out to Wyoming this past spring, and it's life-changing. I mean, it is like... Wyoming is? Wyoming, I don't know why we don't all live there. <laughs> We're all idiots. I'll move with you. We can go. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> It's amazing. Um, But yeah, I mean, just changing it up. And if you can't afford to go somewhere, walk down the street. Like, get out of your four walls. Get out of the four walls of your head. Take a different route to work. Yes. Anything to just see from a different perspective. Um, That is being in community, and, and that is inspiration, too. I love it. Well, thank you for coming and thank sitting on my porch and talking about 
burnout and life as a creative. Um, if you want to hear more from Rebecca, you can uh, check her out at RebeccaWalkerTherapy.com. Yes. Um, I'll post a link in the show notes. Um, and maybe I'll find the link to her VeggieTale clip too so that we can all marvel <laughs> at how good of a gourd she was. I sound like I'm making fun of you, but really, I really think it's cool. And I'm just like really um, kind of starstruck at the moment. I like the idea of being a good gourd. <laughs> Good gourd. You're a good gourd. (laughs) Well, this has been the Porchcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk with you next time. Goodbye. Are you listening? Don't you see it? What's in the mirror? It can't be a secret. Bless your heart.